0: Guy here from the Blood Red team. Hope you're all well, and sorry to interrupt, but we've just got a quick message for you before you get on with the episode that you're listening to. And while we don't have any football right now, here at Blood Red, we have got our own transfer news to let you know about. From now on, our podcast channel will be hosted on the Global Player app. Well, what does that mean? Well, don't worry. If you listen to us on any other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast, that's fine. But to get our pods quicker than anywhere else, you might want to download the Global Player app as our pods will be on there before they're released on any other player. The Global Player app is available to download on iOS and the Google Play Store or wherever it is you get your apps from. You can also find them at globalplayer.com. That's all from me. I'll let you get back on with the episode that you're expecting to hear. This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Well, more than five weeks on from Liverpool's last outing, life in lockdown sadly becoming second nature to many of us whilst, of course, we do understand it's for the best. I'm Guy Clark, and here on Blood Red, we thought it about time, though, that we reflect on the efforts of those in the front line and talk a bit more in-depth about what football is doing to help. Of course, we've seen Jordan Henderson leading the Players Together initiative to support and donate to the NHS, but that isn't the only thing footballers up and down the country are doing. We're joining us to talk about an initiative he's backing, as well as discussing what he's been up to in lockdown his former Liverpool striker turned Sky Sports and LFC TV pundit, Neil Mellor. Neil, how are you?
1: Yes, very well, thank you. Guy, how are you?
0: Yeah, not so bad, thanks. Doing what I can to uh, to not start climbing the walls at home. Mm. But, I mean, I, I mentioned it there, we do get to a stage where we talk so much about when football will come back, whether it be behind closed doors or not. But also, the wider, I suppose there is that issue of the wider importance that football clubs hold to each of their own communities.
1: Yeah, it's quite um, such a a difficult time for everybody, isn't it? For for many reasons, um, no doubt financially, for many people out of work at this time. But I think mentally as well, it's something that is a real challenge for a lot of people at this time. Football is a source of real passion and, and interest for so many people. And without it, it, it can be a void there. And I'm just hoping, whilst it is a difficult time and we don't know when this will end, um, it's certainly a concern with how many people have lost their lives. I hope that that there is some football to look forward to, and it will give everybody some kind of hope that we can um, look forward to something. Which, obviously, at this time, it's very difficult to.
0: Yeah, certainly. We, we obviously do see sort of uh, infection rates and death rates climbing by the day, and, and that is obviously really demoralising. And whilst we're all sitting inside, and obviously the, the lockdown and things getting extended, as you say, there. Weather football, it, it, we're sort of hearing whispers that June, July time might be something that could happen, even albeit behind closed doors. But it could be one of those things, I suppose, with people stuck inside, certainly in those summer months when the weather's warm outside, that might give people a little bit of a morale boost as sort of arbitrary as that sounds.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big believer that football is nothing without the supporters and um supporters make such a big difference for the games of football inside the stadium. Um, so if games are going to be played behind closed doors, I think the product will be seriously diluted. I think the quality won't be there for what the players... Players thrive off the fans now. I, go, I think back to, to when I was playing and the amount of times the fans had such an impact in the game. Without the fans there, the players won't reach those levels that they're capable of and so we will we will see um, that certainly change, um, but if we, if we can get to see it on the television, then get the games finished, and and hopefully look forward to next season when the fans can return.
0: Yeah, definitely. I hope that that is obviously sooner rather than later. But one of the things we want to get into is this campaign I mentioned at the top that you're supporting. It's called Boot the Virus. It's an idea that's uh, been set up, I think, initially by Preston North End, uh, a supporter of Preston North End, and they, they're they backing it. Harry Wilson is also on board, Where and, and you yourself, where... Players and ex-players are donating memorabilia, whether it be boots, signed shirts or whatnot. And the idea is that I think an auction is going to start on the 1st of May, run till the 25th of May, which would have been the date for the championship playoff final and hopefully raise as much funds for the NHS as possible.
1: Yeah, I think we're seeing, aren't we, a number of people trying to raise funds in different ways. And this is just another one of those. Blue the virus is what it's called. And like you say, with my links at Preston, Preston are a football club who have got behind because the person who created it is a big Preston supporter. He hasn't been well himself, Kenny. Um, but that, that's another positive of social media. He got in touch with me via social media and he just said to me, Listen, this is the initiative I've, I've brought I've made up, it'd be great if you could get involved. And, and absolutely, I have done. Um, funny enough, guy, I don't have any boots left from a, from my a playing days. It's, when I played, I played to my boots, had holes in it, bin them, and then I'd go again with some new ones. So I've got no boots left. I said that to Kenny, and he was happy to accept a shirt. I don't have many left, but I did have a Liverpool shirt, which I've donated, signed, and um, hopefully he can raise money towards the NHS that way. And then I nominated four of the Preston North End players myself.
0: And that, we've seen so many of these, whether it be obviously footballers coming together, the the NHS, the the. Uh, players Together initiative set up by Jordan Henderson but even sort of for for everyone in, in sort of their own life I mean I've been nominated in a few sort of favourite players who, who made you fall in love with sort of things on, on social media and it's one of those things that is just hoping to obviously snowball but with obviously footballers to, to get this memorabilia donated that people can then obviously try and get hold of through the auction
1: Yeah and it's great like you said uh, at the start there Harry Wilson who's you know, real exciting young players, and currently in the Premier League on loan from Liverpool to Bournemouth, done really well. Welsh international has a bright future, and it's great to hear players in the modern game, getting behind it. There's plenty of former players that will get behind it, of course, but it's great when it does reach the, the, the modern-day players, certainly in the Premier League. I think the Leeds captain also has got behind the, cap, the, the the campaign as well. So it's great to hear that so many are. But like I said, there's so many different campaigns, and I'm sure players up and down the country are helping in various different ways. This is just one of those.
0: Yeah, and I mean, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, the, the health secretary sort of, went in on the footballers and said that there's more that Premier League footballers could do. Jordan Henderson, even before that statement was made, was already working on something with Premier League captains, Premier League clubs to get something doing. Mm -hmm. It does feel sometimes at times that footballers are unfairly targeted because so often when we get to an issue like this, it's nice to see that phrase, the football family sort of come together to do what they can, as I say, for for wider community because you guys play such a big role in sort of... People's, I suppose, livelihoods and sort of the way in which people look up to to footballers as well.
1: Mm, yeah, it was unnecessary. Some of the um, the criticism I've seen go, go towards football players. I know footballers are very fortunate with the position that they're in; they get to do something they love and are very well paid for it. But don 't forget how much money goes out of the game with various different people you know the owners, people associated with the football club, agents taking money out of the out of the game without even being on the football pitch themselves in the firing line from the fans so for me, I felt as though it was a personal attack on players that was very unnecessary. the players have have wanted to to do the right thing in, in many ways, whether it 's a wage cut, whatever it has been, and they will come together to make sure it's the right thing to do for the individual players, for the individual clubs, to try and help the right people, the NHS, the people on the front line, the key workers. Um, but they don't need to be highlighted uh, publicly like that because that doesn't help and it, and it doesn't solve anything. So I fully believe and trust the players will, will get it sorted and, um, and get behind it. But yeah, coming to them personally like that, there's a lot of other people that should have been mentioned before the players.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And Neil, you mentioned before that you don't have a pair of boots to have donated to this Boot the Virus initiative. I'm just wondering if you're going to look to get hold of a pair yourself in the auction, because saw the clip you put out on social media, what was it, last week of the, the mm. Stephen Gerrard goal against Olympiacos, of course, a game in which you scored and played a, a key role in that run to, to Istanbul as well. But just, I suppose, things like that, keeping spirits up during a time where you're stuck in the house.
1: Yeah, and more sort of, um, supporting my little girl. Obviously, um, as a dad now, uh, I don't know if it's cool or not to use the platform TikTok. Um, certainly hadn't used it before the lockdown. And my little girl who does use it, loads of little dancers, so I've got involved, supported her. And then, uh, amazingly, there was a football one, which was that goal that Stevie scored, that brilliant goal he scored against Olympiacos. And it was nice that. I was involved in that moment so I thought come on then a few people had sent it to me and, and I was like well, well why not why, why do I try and create it with the family I've got Stephen Gerrard's signed shirt I've got Jeremy Carriger signed shirt I've got one of my own I haven't got an Olympiacos one but my missus can just wear a black hoodie that's fine she can go in goal and uh, and we went with it and it was, it was good fun trying to recreate it and, and my little lad slotted one I think he was over the moon because I posted it and Stephen Gerrard actually commented to say what a good goal it was now we all know what a goal it was for Stephen Gerrard but it was nice of him to say what a nice finish it was from a little lad who's only 10
0: yeah it was really good and it, 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 it went viral went plenty of places on social media I'm sure most people listening into this will have seen it already but how many takes did it take Neil you, was he able to do it in the first take or did you have to have, have, have a few goes <sighs> Not in ever
1: his is first time, is it? But but what I will be honest, the hardest bit was nailing the, the the serve into me to lay off. That was the hardest bit for my little lad. He fancied his chances beating his mum all day long when she was in goal. So um, it was just a case of getting that right. And I forgot how hard it was to do that lay off. So eventually, when I nailed it, there was no doubt my little lad was going to put it away. So half an hour something like that. Um, but the thing is, when you look at the, the version we posted, the camera was turned back to front. So it actually looks like my lad hit it from the left hand side, whereas we know Stevie hit it from the sort of central side. And um, the camera was reversed, and that is the reason for that. And a few people were trying to be clever saying it's a foul throw. Well, just to remind them, it's my little girl, she's only 13, she's a teenager, and it's a TikTok. It's not a professional thing, so um, I think we can let her off.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I have to say, it. it, it I know a few people who it raised a, a good few smiles with and a good laugh as well. And as you say, TikTok, it's, it's something that during this lockdown, a number of even your colleagues have got involved with. this in the one that's been going around, a lot of people having a go at the, the famous Jeff Stelling, Chris Kamara uh, almost sketch nowadays that it's become and then the two of them sort of role reversing on it as well it, it is a good platform that we are all sort of enjoying these moments and reliving them I suppose
1: yeah it's just nice to put a smile on our faces, isn't it because it's difficult everyone's suffering in their own individual ways and it's nice to to see something different, something a little bit funny, and like you said, there's plenty of little sketches. That, that being one of them, Jeff and Cammy, that was a very famous moment, wasn't it? On, uh, on Soccer Saturday. I'm fortunate to, to work and, and listen to the boys in action themselves, but that was, that was an absolute classic, wasn't it, that one?
0: Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, Cammy, Cammy in the end, not, not knowing that Anthony van den Boer had been, uh, been sent off, it, it really was a, a great moment. And that not, though, the only thing that you've been doing on social media, and I suppose that there'll be a few people listening in who have kids and things of the, their own, that obviously with schools now primarily only for, for people, uh, key workers, dropping their kids off at school. There's a lot of homeschooling going on. And I see you've taken a, a unique approach to homeschooling with sort of keeping that focus on football, whether it be geography or history or even mathematics. Is there's, there's a lot you can do.
1: <laughs> there is, yeah. Just it's difficult. I mean, parents who are at home, it's the kids are there, they're trying to occupy them and, and train Trying to do a little bit of schoolwork, of course, and I've been no different. So with my little lad still in primary school, my girl's in secondary school. She's been set quite a lot of class and so she's okay to get on with it. But from a little lad, I've, I've done a variety of different things. He loves his football, like I love my football. So one of them was English. Uh, we have done a biography, and, and so I went over my career with him and I got him to write a little biography on me, which was uh, quite interesting. The geography one was... Do was, you know geography now? They don't really teach them, do they, where certain locations are within the UK, within Europe? So I thought, right, let's have a little go. We'll go with the Premier League to start with, the 20 teams that are in it. And I said before we used our, our phones, um, iPads, tell me where the top... Obviously, Liverpool being number one, Norwich being number 20. Tell me where they are. You think they are in the UK? It's quite surprising to see where he thought they actually were. He got 11. And then when he looked it up, he actually realised where those teams were now. You can do it with the Premier League, Championship League 1, League 2, of course, different teams. And then I thought, right, we'll have a little go. Champions League and Europa League teams. What country are these teams from? And just a little bit of knowledge, a little bit more interest that way and then history as well I did the same I said there you go 20 Premier League teams who's the oldest now I was thinking I think Everton must be up there they were before Liverpool they must be right up there they were only third after Villa are the oldest team in the Premier League I did not have a clue about that but again just a little bit different and um, something for him to do which is football related
0: It sounds like it's been as educational for you as it has the lad and also probably (laughs) a nice little bit of bonding for you guys
1: yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's an interest we have, in that. and so I thought, why not, we'll have a little go, and um, got, he's got stuck into it, which has been fair play to him.
0: And I bet he can't wait for the football to return, like all of us.
1: Yeah, absolutely, what are we, two, two wins away Liverpool now from that Premier League title, seems so close, so when the football does return, I think we're all we're looking forward to Liverpool deservedly being handed that Premier League title, and uh And acknowledge what's been a superb season from Liverpool and deserve the the chance to get to finish it
0: and it's one of those isn't it exactly as you say deserving the chance to finish it 25 points clear when the season was obviously suspended and Liverpool having waited obviously now 30 years to get their hands back on a league title from Christmas or January time onwards a lot of people happy to say that the title race was done nobody could have obviously Mm. foreseen this situation unfolding
1: Well, last season, guy it was brilliant. Liverpool were absolutely superb. To push City all the way they did and compete in the Champions League was was very, very difficult. But Liverpool did that, won the Champions League whilst maintaining that title push. City, of course, were knocked out of the Champions League a little bit earlier, could focus on the Premier League. They won 14 in a row, which was quite phenomenal. But Liverpool... After the Champions League success, which obviously the season finishes later for Liverpool, the disruptive pre-season, players all over the world playing Nations League, African Cup of Nations, the Copa America, the lads were all over the place, still playing, no real breather to freshen up, and then to hit the ground running the way Liverpool did again. To get that far clear, I think a big defining moment for me in the season was in November, when Liverpool comfortably beat Man-, Man City at home against the big rival. I think that just showed how 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 strong this title uh, bid has been again from Liverpool. And unlike a, like you just said, 25 points, clear. it has been phenomenal. And one of the greatest Premier League seasons. It's a shame that it's been, we've had this interruption to it with the coronavirus, of course. But um, when Liverpool get to finish it off, it will go down as one of the great Premier League side this one.
0: Yeah, definitely, and they'll have the weird sort of uh, record, I suppose, of being the latest side to actually clinch the title, but will have done it in the fewest games. You you would obviously imagine by the time it it all does happen. But one final point I just wanted to to speak to you about now was obviously from the players' uh, mental side of things in terms of. When you're injured, I suppose you're working to a programme of knowing when you're returning. But a number of these players absolutely fit and healthy before the the suspension came in. They're ticking over and doing what they can at home. That in itself must be difficult. But also the mental strain of not knowing, I suppose, exactly when it is you're going back. Because it's not like you're working to a pre-season plan knowing that the first week in July you're heading back to the training ground because at the moment it's all up in the air.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a, a um, a big problem for... So a lot of the football players that uncertainty I think if you have any uncertainty at a football club it's it's a difficult time you think about when managers leave and who's going to be next and what's going to happen and that uncertainty can, can make it um, very very difficult and this is the same for players no one knows when they're going to return to any training when they're going to return to any matches so it's a case of ticking over and just waiting doing the right things which is uh, difficult for them mentally but I think nowadays Premier League players have so much Support. I know Liverpool have certainly got a lot of help in that mental um, health aspect. I, I worked with, with somebody very closely who's, who's working at Liverpool now with that mental side of things, and of course they've got the facilities at home to be working um, with, with the keeping themselves ticking over, which is good.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's that duty of care element up and down sort of the the country for, for football clubs in terms of looking after players and everything. Because as I say, it's not like an injury where you know when you're coming back and Things are things are up in the air at the moment, uncertain times and all of that. But hopefully, as we say, we we get back to it all sooner rather than later.
1: Yep, yeah, hope so. Um, yeah, obviously the most important thing is we all stay safe. We all do the right things. I hope that nobody's affected by this horrible virus going around, family, friends, whoever it is, and uh, and we get back to. For me, my passion watching uh, football as soon as possible and and seeing the outcomes of not just the Premier League but also the leagues up and down the country. So much left at stake, promotions, relegations, teams that have worked so hard to put themselves into these positions. I just hope we get to, um, to, to see that all finish.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot for your uh, time, Neil. Really appreciate it. And just one final word to, to say to anyone listening in who is interested in this Boot the Virus campaign and trying to get your hands on some football memorabilia. You can head to bootthevirus.com or you can find them at Boot the Virus on Twitter or on Instagram as well, of course. Looking to get plenty more Premier League players signed up to the initiative. Harry Wilson, one of those already who has donated. Neil Mellor, just speaking to him then, has also donated. There are plenty of people who are getting involved in the campaign and, uh, yeah, that's the best place to head for it. So that's all from us here for this edition of the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Until next time, though, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.